Hi, this is Darcy Rowling, and welcome to the Women 17 podcast, conversations with global women changing the world one sustainable development goal at a time. In each fortnightly interview, we'll learn about these women's journeys, challenges, successes, which SDGs their work contributes to both globally and locally, as well as hear tips on how our listeners can participate in the advancement of the sustainable development goals. Hi, listeners, and thank you for joining us today. I'm really excited to be speaking with Isabel Agard, founder of Last Object, whose mission is to eliminate single-use items by creating reusable, sustainable alternatives. So welcome, Isabel. Hi, Darcy. Thank you for having me. Oh, with great pleasure. I'm really excited today. So, <laughs> um, so of course, we uh, before we get started, I'd love to share with our listeners a bit about you, Isabel. Um, Isabel is a Danish national and holds a degree from IT University in Copenhagen, as well as a master's in co-design from Royal from the Royal Academy of Design, also in uh, in Denmark. She's a designer by trade and eco-conscious by nature. After completing her degree, Isabel co-founded Chemo to Go, Please, a co-design project conducted in partnership with a Danish hospital and uh, later built a co-design consultancy in Copenhagen. Isabel, um, before we uh, deep dive into Last Object, um, I would love um, to learn a little bit about your journey um, from your degree to Chemo to Go, Please. So I wonder if you could kick off and just give us a little bit of background um, and share with our listeners um, just maybe a little bit about your education and then how the project um, uh, Chemo to Go Please came about. Thank you. Yes, of course. Uh, yes, Chemo to Go was was quite exciting and one of my first um, real, real projects. Um, I have uh, well, I started my degree in uh, at the IT University, so that's a more digital. Learn a little bit of code, learn a little bit of um, of business, and trying to like kind of get that together. But I think my real my all, my dream has always been to be a designer, and uh, and that's why I was so fortunate that I could get into this master's program um, at our design school here in Copenhagen. And uh, one of uh, one of the first or one of on the second year, one of the projects that I did was a project for uh, one of our hospitals, our biggest hospital here in Copenhagen where uh, this amazing nurse had found out that they could, we didn't have to have chemotherapy only in the hospitals, but we could actually make the treatment because it can take 10 days or so to just get your chemotherapy into the body. And you could actually be connected to your chemo and then you could go home. So she had done like the whole research she had done she she did the whole project but they just needed a bag they needed somewhere that this chemo could be in and it had a pump so they could get into the system and then you have all these cords that the patients were connected to so our first project which is very co-designed because it's connecting um all these medical um personnel doctors um and and also all of the um, and all the patients so uh, so everything that was very medical and hospitally had to also be very homey suddenly. So we created a bag um, that, of course, uh, took care of all of the requirements because this is medical equipment, but also made sure that it had a feel that it sensed a homey that was easy to clean, but also was comfortable on the skin. So we had a lot of like... Um, features in the bag that had to match up uh, with very different um, people because um, the personnel or everybody at the hospital they wanted it to become 
uh, a medical equipment bag and everybody uh, all the patients that took it home wanted it to become something that you could take with you to bed <laughs> literally so uh, so that's why I'm, we're kind of connecting and this is what co-design is it's connecting different people and making them design it even though they're not the designers um, but giving them all the tools so that they can explain to us um, how we could form this in the best possible way, possible way. And now we're we're selling them um, or the bags. Um, it became the whole project became quite of a success, and we're in all of the hospitals here in Denmark. Seven hospitals that do chemotherapy, and uh, and it's now broadened to Sweden and Norway. But um, but it's kind of a side project now. <laughs> yeah. Wow, that's fa that's amazing, and uh, you know, I think well, that you said that was your first project. I think that's a pretty impactful one to be your first project on, <laughs> um, and impacting so many lives. Um, I wonder, you know, I'm familiar with design thinking and co-design a little bit, um, but I know that there's you, you did mention, you know, that you know the hospital was looking sort of from a medical perspective, and then the user is looking at it from you know I need this to go out with me, and how do I put it in my handbag or whatever it might. Might be. I wonder if you could highlight some of the um, the process of co-design and looking at human-centered design and what like what what does that entail? Is it interviews? What's what's that process so that you as a designer can um, sort of hone in and uh, prototype and and iterate whatever it is that you're trying to create? So I wonder if you could walk us through that process because I find it fascinating. Yes, of course. Um, well, we did a lot of different things. Co-design is a lot about getting into this field. Um, so, for example, it was also for us to kind of get a feel of how is it to actually sleep at a hospital? How is it to take your chemotherapy home? So I would actually take a bag. It wasn't chemotherapy, but it was um, water and then attach everything to my body so I could get home and actually sleep with it. So it's a lot about immersing yourself in the situation and also just following uh, with videography. So filming all of the steps in, for example, cleaning down the equipment, packing it up so that you see how many steps there actually are and how can we make it even faster or quicker or we don't want anybody to have like a um, something to become too messy when you're working with all of this um, uh, equipment and uh, and it's also um, what we also did was you can say so many things with words so it's a lot about trying to get people to talk in a different way so we would actually do whole board games where we would design the process of, for example, a day, and then they had to do different, um, they had to choose different ways all the time, like, oh, I want to go right, no, I want to go left, and if I had if I had this decision to make, would I eat this sandwich in this way, or would I go uh, and sit at this chair? You know, it would be um, to kind of keep um, having a yes and no, but also exploring um, different ways of talking about sickness, for example, and also exploring how to talk about textiles. So instead of asking um, what kind of textile would you want the bag to be, that would be like, I don't know, uh, something like this, you know, and then they would point at their own what they're wearing, but um, actually coming out and, and showing them multiple textiles and not just this is a lot of different um, canvas fabrics, very, or this is a lot of jersey fabrics, but really exploring like all materials wood stone um something that's soft something that's a little bit squishy and maybe we wouldn't be able to sew it in that fabric but it was just to 
get a more of an understanding of a lot of different materials because then we started talking about suddenly one of the patients said, "Ooh, the rich, I hate when it uh, has like a rich which is like Velcro. Mm -hmm. um, because all medical equipment, and when she said it, I could see it. All medical equipments have that rich or that Velcro on them. So every time she heard it, she was like, oh, it was, it was, it was like she would even become nauseous. And a lot of the other patients would have the same feeling, but nobody had ever said it because it was a sound and it was a feeling. It was, and you can't really say that you, you don't like Velcro because it's just a closing mechanism, but it actually affected them a lot. So our design doesn't have any Velcro on it. Um, because not because cause it is the cheapest thing to do and it's it's easy and it's not that hygienic actually but it is something that's being used across the hospital industry um, but we chose not to we chose to and also when we did a actually des designed a room afterwards where they were we also made sure that some of the sounds that are in the hospitals are not in that room so um so it became like a, a sound exploration and then we started to have all these different sounds and so so i think one thing led to another and then you keep exploring and being trying to be very open and knowing that it has to end out in some kind of ba bag and not you know a symphony but <laughs> that's really it's so fascinating thank you for sharing that i think that um, you know, for me, I think about that end when you get the product, so whatever it is, and you get the product, and then you go, yeah, but I wish it had this, or I wish it did that, or why does it have this? That's the beauty of co-design, is having that dialogue at the onset with the user and with, you know, the medical profession because everyone's affected. And as you said, you know, you need to make sure that it's uh, hygienic uh, because it's a hospital pro uh, product and so forth and so on. So I just love this process of it. And um, my dad used to say, um, who's actually since passed away, um, he, um, he used to get so angry. We would go out for dinner and we would sit in chairs and he would get so mad because he'd be like, geez, didn't anybody sit in these chairs before they bought 500 of them? Because they were so uncomfortable, you know? He'd be like, why can't we have a comfortable chair? You know, it looks good, but it's not comfortable. And he used to complain. I mean, he didn't always complain, but it's one thing. You know how those perky things stick in your mind about somebody <laughs> from your past. And my, you know, he would every time. So every time I sit in a chair, I always say that. So, but, um, you know, but it's true. You know, people, you know, there. And also, if they are not the end user um, themselves and they make assumptions, it's kind of like what you just said, assumptions. And I think this is very interesting that the chemo patient that had said the Velcro bothered her, that others also experienced that. But they probably, they probably never even thought of it as an issue, right? No. They just nope. thought it was like me, myself, like, oh, it's just annoying to me. But there's there's something that you underlined there. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely fascinating. Thank you for sharing that and well done on this project. It sounds like um, a, certainly a very thoroughly designed project, um, uh, um, a product, excuse me. So so you moved on um, um, uh, from the project. After you finished university and your project, you started, uh, you co-founded a, a co-designing uh, consultancy. Do you want to make any comment about what, what you guys are up to and the co-designing before we get started and to deep dive a little bit into Last Object? Yes, sure. Um, yeah, so after that project, um, also the hospital industry kind of, um, I think, 
got their eyes up for what we can do as designers and especially as co-designers because a lot of designers have gone into hospitals and been like yes look at this beautiful chair and then like it's awful to sit in or they haven't thought through it has to be cleaned five times a day and there are all these like different factors so um, it was a real like um, as a designer getting into especially as a co-designer getting into uh, working with hospitals it's like a candy shop so uh, so there were so many things that we could improve and there was such a small things and small adjustments. So we ended up doing a consultancy where we helped a lot of different um, uh, hospitals in Denmark design different things. So afterwards we um, helped um, explore the new maternity ward in a new hospital that was being built. And we also, and that was more like service design, but it was also designing the actual birthing um rooms i actually gave birth in one of the rooms oh, right <laughs> so. so you were the user yes was this before or after you worked on this project no no this was after i completely okay. forgot about um that we'd done it and then i actually had i went into labor and i actually went to that hospital and that didn't make sense because that's not where anyway i ended up there and i was sitting in in the room and it was like okay this is really weird i designed this five years ago <laughs> so um, well, maybe it did it keep did it keep the the contractions or keep you calm because you're thinking, oh, I could like you know in your mind you're you know you're in a lot of pain, but yet you're looking around the room thinking about what you can co-design in the future. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I had keep a your lot mind of it. questions. Like the, yeah. um, my midwife, I was like, I kept asking him like, so, so how do you like this chair? And like, how do you does it work for you with this table? <laughs> and she was like, Isabel, shut up. You're giving birth. So uh, yeah. Uh, oh, that's wonderful. Wonderful. And the consultancy um, is still, and you're still working in the, with the consultancy in that, in that industry specifically, is that what uh, the focus is mostly? Or yeah, have so, you guys branched out of it? Yeah, we bran or it branched out. And I also had to, um, after we started this company, I also had to like step out. Uh, so, uh, so it's uh, my two amazing partners who are continuing it. And uh, and they and they're in different projects and but it's also it's the medical industry but it's also in schools and government and yeah, they're doing amazing work, so but it's it's branching out in different areas. Yeah, that's great. That's great. Well, we all know, or at least I know, that the the Danes are known for their wonderful design. So of everything, from every chair I've ever sat in <laughs> to to lamps to clothing, you name it. So I'm not surprised that you're able to um, further um, emulate this um, in in all kinds of industries. There's always room for improvement. And like I said, I think that we tend, as consumers or users, we just tend to go complain about it rather than you know look at ways to improve it. Um, um, so wonderful. I love this field. So um, so I think this is a nice segue into Last Object. So for our listeners who might not be familiar um, with your products, um, as I said earlier, your mission is to eliminate single-use items by creating reusable, sustainable alternatives. Um, the suite of products include Last Swab, Last Round, Last Tissue, and last mask. So um, I do need to say to the listeners, full disclosure, I am a huge fan of last object. Um, and I have, there's two different kinds of swabs, the rounds, the tissues. In fact, the whole family has it because I got everyone, um, all those, uh, all the products for, for Christmas last year. So, um, so we've got it. So I was super excited when I found um, your products here in France and I'm a huge, huge fan. So um, I did need to do that full disclosure there. So, <laughs> um, so 
Um, and from a user perspective, I can say that they are very user friendly. In fact, the design is is really amazing. And, and to be honest, yeah, you've thought about all kinds of details, and we'll get into that in just a second. So let's start at the beginning of Last Object. How did this idea to start Last Object and create, um, 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 yeah, how did it come come to fruition? Yes. Um, well, it, it came very organically. It wasn't like a big aha moment, but um, I was at that point, I was working um, with, uh, well, I was in the consultancy business, but I was also working in the same office space as my big brother and his design partner. And we three are the ones who kind of slowly merged our companies together and, and, and felt that there was, a, there was a mission. We're all designers from the same school. And then, but in different areas, and we've done a lot of different designs. I I came from the medical industry at that point, and the the boys or I had done a lot of projects there, and the boys have done a lot of things, um, like more like traditional Scandinavian design, um, amazing furniture stuff, and and we we just I think we we kind of had it was a month where we just like we're talking a lot over lunch about what we really wanted to do in life and we kept coming back to like sustainability we wanted a cohort just had kids and and it was it was just really we wanted to do something that was really meaningful and purposeful and um, but in a really big scale and, and that was why we was very more amount because then we kept like oh we could do something in bamboo we could use different materials but we wanted to do something that not just designs a new a new really sustainable chair but could we do something that had a huge impact, something that we didn't think about using all the time? And because the most sustainable thing we could do is not to create it, not to design it, not to produce it, not to ship it. And that was very depressing. So we kind of turned it around and, and thought about how could we maybe create something that would eliminate something else? Because then we would make a positive impact just naturally in creating something that would be eliminating. And, uh, and then the single-use industry just like uh, came, yeah, knocking on our door and Cole said, we could do a, we could do a Q-tip. And that was kind of, uh, that was where it started and the form of, of the cotton swab came quite naturally. You wanted it to be very easy to understand how to use it. So it had to look like a cotton swab. It had to um, feel like it. And all of our products had to have this very, one-to-one -one. there was there no manual nothing like hard to understand how you should use it or clean it it's just it should be it should be very affordance and um it, yeah so that's that's where it started and then we just from there it tripled down into multiple categories and our list became longer and longer and what kind of single-use items we wanted to eliminate yeah that's great. I, I love this. I mean, so this brainstorming and then, you know, coming sort of coming to, you know, okay, we want to eliminate something, but, uh, and I think that's great. And also, um, I, I appreciate what you said, you know, we didn't want to create something that was going to create more carbon and use more resources and so forth and so on. So, um, so you guys really, um, kicked the can around and had a lot, it sounds like you guys had a lot of brainstorming, um, brainstorming sessions. And, you know, it's funny when I first saw last object, I really said to myself, why didn't anybody think of this sooner? You know, I mean, really, it's just, you know, when I have a Q-tip, like I, you know, some people just use one end and they chuck it. I'm like, I use both ends, like I'll bend it, break it. And I only 
only use the the brand Q-tip um, are originally made of um, uh, cardboard. So they're, you know, or I don't know if it's cardboard, but you know, it's like a, it's paper-based versus the plastic one. So if I had bought them in the past, I only bought that brand for this very reason. I wouldn't buy the plastic um, earbuds at all. So, because they're not, obviously they're not even remotely sustainable. So, um, so you created Last Swab in uh, 2019. So I wonder um, in, in, for the users, I mean, I have it here and obviously this is a podcast, so you can't see it. Um, it comes in um, first, it comes in a recycled um, packaging, which I'm going to ask you about that in a few minutes. Um, but it's encased, the design, it's encased in um, what's a, a plastic kind of container and the earbud sits on I don't know what it sits on. It's like, so if you wash it and you dry it, it sits nice above. So it dries nicely. Um, the case is easy to carry. It's very lightweight and so forth. So um, it's, you know, and as, as the Q-tip is, um, is, is easy to use, like you said, I mean, you know what to do with it. <laughs> you know, it's not a surprise. It looks like a Q-tip. Um, so I wonder if you could talk about the materials um, that you're using. So for the, for the, the plastics there, where are you getting them from? Um, was it, it's challenging finding the right composition um, and so forth. So I'm just curious um, about that uh, at the beginning. Yes, yes, definitely. And we also, we we um, we keep innovating and keep actually, we just, uh, or not just, but a half a year ago, we changed out in the materials of the case. Mm -hmm. um, we started, first of all, I'll just talk about the Q-tip itself because that, okay. that's where we're like, this is our main focus. Because our products, they have to, of course, because they are reusables, they have to withhold a lot of uses. And I can't say, oh, use it five times, and then, then we can't really make a, a big difference. So we have to have it very, very sturdy. So the rod itself is PP, but enforced with glass fiber. So it's a What's mix. PP? Um, a, a plastic type. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> For any of the scientists on here, they're like, yeah, we know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's the lingo. <laughs> Very quickly, you're just... Yeah, I'm uh, sure. Yeah. I'm happy you asked. Yeah. So it's... And the, and this was a, this was really important for us uh, to have the very sturdy, like, rod. Um, the ends themselves, um, for these two plastic types to actually really... Now I'm getting really material specific because yeah, I love the question because I yeah. we have a lot of thought to it. Um, the um, the rod itself had to be very sturdy, so that's why we use these uh, these two types of um, materials to like blend together. And then the rods they had to have some chemi chemical bind with um, the the buds because you don't want to have uh, the tip of the the or the um, yeah the, the going tip into your ear yeah. and not be able to come out. So uh, so that's why they had to like literally have a chemical bind and that's why we used um tpe which is a kind of a it has a rubbery feel it's a thermoplastic so it so it kind of feels like silicone but we couldn't get the same effect with silicone and that's why we have used this kind of um of type of material but it's um it's soft uh, and then it's the whole at the surface are like little buds and on the the makeup version it has like a little bit of texture and um, and this is so that it's soft on the skin, it, and all of the plastics here in the in the Q-tip are completely safe on your skin. On your there's no recycled materials that we can't control, but we could be more creative when we had to do the plastic for the case itself. Case it okay, mm -hmm. that makes sense. Yep. 
And in the beginning, we used um, we used the corn-based material because then we thought, okay, that's great because then no oils are put into the production and it's better. Um, but now, because we got more and more, um, we got more and more educated on plastic types, and we got more and more educated on how people discard and all the plastic in the oceans and what it's actually doing to our marine life and our whole company and everything that we're kind of working for has actually become very focused on the ocean because we see how devastating that is and actually how big of an impact that will have on us now and in the future so we have to clean up the ocean um, and that has been, become quite a mission for us so all of the cases, um, this and also the round case, um, are from recycled ocean-bound plastic. Um, yeah. Okay. And where do you, thank you for sharing that. And um, of course, um, I'll have your website link and people can actually see if they can visualize it, but I can attest that, you know, they are, they're very soft. I mean, it feels, it looks and feels exactly like a q-tip um exactly like that so yeah it's a and and as i said earlier i mean very easy to use the kids can use it but i appreciate what you were saying like you know sometimes like the kids are like cleaning their ears and i'm like what do you, you know you don't need to do that like they're like you know it's like they're using their muscles to you know like clean their ears i'm like they're not that dirty but if it was something that was made of a um of, of, of a material that was a little bit more pliable it could probably you know snap so i can i well appreciate the and it's been team tested by boys that <laughs> it works so yeah they clean their ears really well they got cleaners um so i wonder if you could talk about the the materials that um the plastic is this is it are they pe that you said they were ocean bound plastic so where are you sourcing them from are you going to to a recycling place um are you buying them from a reseller who has you know recycled um are you buying them in the um after it's been um is it called excrete um after they've been into the pellets or what can you just talk about that exactly. process where yes, that comes yes. from? thank you we're, we're partnering up with uh, someone who are is um collecting it cleaning it and making it into pellets gotcha okay okay you're not doing that pos pos also so yeah no okay. no 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 we only have <laughs> no. we have to focus <laughs> yeah you're the designer so yeah they do that they do that quite well well that's wonderful that's really good to hear so um so um i think that you know i think I, what I really like about um, what you've shared is that I think a lot of times for people that have an, an entrepreneurial idea that they want to create, um, it is um, it, it's 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 often quite difficult to marry everything together. Like, okay, we want to we have this is our mission to eliminate plastics, make sure it's sourced responsibly, et cetera, et cetera. So it's that that kind of nice tap, not nice tap dance, but probably a very challenging tap dance. So I well appreciate, yeah, this probably took you guys a lot of time to prototype and try different, different products. Um, and I would imagine this process took a long time. Mm. <laughs> yes. And we, and we keep coming back to it. And I love that about the company. So yep. all of our, <clears throat> we listen a lot to the reviews. We listen a lot to our customers. So we keep coming back to our, our already existing products and then improving them constantly. And, uh, and I love that. So the swab that you had in 2019 is just radically different, actually, from mm -hmm. you. I don't think that you'd see it right, but we know it and we know what kind of materials we've switched and what kind of improvements that we've made so that we mm -hmm. keep improving all of our existing products. Yeah. 
No, that's great. That's right. And I think it's also when you're an entrepreneur, also you can be quite nimble. I mean, if you think about those big companies that make um, um, uh, hygiene, cosmetic products and as such, I mean, it's like, you know, moving like a big, slow moving ship, you know, or, an, or fast moving consumer goods. It's just, you know, they want to do something, but, you know, to get eliminate plastics and all their packaging or, or, um, uh, or um, other products from there. It's not an easy shift, but uh, you guys can as a, as a, as a, um, as a, you're not a startup anymore, but as a startup, um, uh, company. So I love that. Um, so you've, um, uh, I mentioned, uh, you've also taken care in the, um, packaging, the, the external packaging, um, which I kept, um, for quite some time. And, um, I really like it. It, uh, the packaging is, it's folded. It's like an origami package. It just folds beautifully. So there's no additional, there's not a staple on there. There's nothing on there, but it's folded really nicely. Um, and I love that, you know, it's very simply it, the messaging on it, um, is very, very simple to understand. And it says, um, this is from the, the last swab. It says, you've just saved the planet from, up to 1000 cotton swabs. Now I'm a consumer and I love that. Like that makes me feel good. I'm going to take one of those. Thank you very much. So <laughs> I, th- I just like, I love the simplicity of the packaging, um, and the message. It's just very simple. And you're not, you know, telling people anything. You're not, you know, pushing it down their throats. You're just stating a very simple fact, which I think is, is, is a really good selling point. Um, I know that the, um, the, the packaging, which is like a little, it's a pliable cardboardy kind of feel. It, it says that it's made of plant material. What it, what is that made out of? It's made of a recycled, uh, oh, recycled. Yeah. So it's, it's recycled cardboard. Oh, okay. Oh, there you go. Recycled cardboard. Okay. All right, good. So the um, uh, for for our listeners, um, I'd love to just highlight the sustainable development goals that Last Object contributes to. Um, so as Isabel said, um, uh, first and foremost, the the driving force was sustainable development goal number fourteen, which is life below water, um, and that's what they're trying to um, to, to to highlight and certainly um, eliminate anything that's going into the water. Um, uh, also playing a part in uh, uh, sustainable num- sustainable development goal number 12, which is responsible consumption and production, um, as well as 13, which is climate action. So I'm um, contributing to quite a lot here. So, um, so um, I'd love to ask you what's next on the horizon uh, for Last Object, if you're able to spill anything uh, that's not, <laughs> what's on the design table, anything, uh, anything we can be waiting for, or anything I can add to my suite of um, amazing products. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, well, we have. Um, we're still gonna go into the the beauty department quite a lot. Um, I think there are some some interesting things still in the bathroom department. I can say we just launched. Um, I was so fortunate that I um, convinced my two male co-founders that we should go into the um, women's hygienic um, department. So we did last pad, um, a reusable menstrual pad. And um, and we just launched it on Kickstarter, and they should, we should have uh, everything out in in the first um, quarter of next year. So I'm very excited for that to actually hit the shelves because that is that's been a little bit more difficult. Um, and and it's but it's also a really exciting product. Um, I'm wearing it right now, and <laughs> and it works. And uh, and I think that that uh, that that's fun. We can kind of take some of these more challenging designs um, up. 
and and also because there are a lot of there's a lot of a discussion and actually a lot of um, um, taboo around some of these hygienic products. Yeah. So uh, so I thought that would that would be really nice. But yes, the we're definitely going to go more bathroom oriented and then um, beauty and wellness department and then hopefully in a year or so I hope we can start opening up for maybe a baby line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's great. Well, um, kudos to you for pushing the boys, as you said, to, to doing the hygienic products, because I think that is a really important one. Um, you know, that, you know, I, you know, and, and baby products, I mean, diapers, I mean, you know, this is all this stuff is sitting in landfills that, you know, and then of course burned and yeah, none of it's good. So it's just wonderful, um, that you're, you're adding that to the suite of products. So I think that, that you're certainly from a female perspective, you're on the right, in my opinion, you're on the right trajectory. Um, I was actually, I tell you this, I was just um, about uh, three, three or four weeks ago, um, I went to, to a very big American hotel chain um, with some friends. It was a uh, two friends' birthdays. And uh, we went to a friend, the French spa town of Evian, which sits on Lake Geneva or Lake uh, Lac Lemont, um, where um, we had a wonderful time and got to go into the thermal baths and everything. That was great. So I'm not here to tell you about my um, my travels, which were great, but um, but what I am here to, to share is that. Um, you know, I hadn't been in a hotel for a while because we've been in, you know, COVID and, um, you know, I normally travel a lot for work, but have been pretty much homebound for the most part. Um, but, you know, of course, in the hotel, there is everything that you can imagine. So there's, you know, there you've got your soap, um, your bar of soap that's wrapped in plastic. You have um, shampoo bottle, conditioner bottle, um, uh, body wash in a bottle, body lotion in a bottle, and a shower cap. Who uses a shower cap? Don't know. But anyway, <laughs> like, really? I don't know. Maybe that's a human-centered design kind of thinking you need to work on because who the heck uses a shower cap? But anyway, um, yeah, sorry if anybody does, but anyway, <laughs> raise your hand if you do. Um, so, um, but what, what I, you know, and, and what I always do is I, I never use any of that stuff. I bring all my own soap. I bring my shampoo bar. I bring my deodorant bar. I bring my, my last object objects. Um, so my, my, um, uh, tissue rounds. And of course you have those there also cotton swabs and everything. Um, and as such. So, um, so I just, you know, I, I was just thinking, in fact, when I was there, because um, one of my friends had not seen uh, Last Object. So she's like, oh, what's that? And it was showing, sharing with her, you know, the products that I have of yours. Um, and I just thought that would be a really wonderful place. I mean, you know, for hotels to make an impact because hotels everything is thrown away. Um, and our listeners, um, uh, will be listening to, um, I, I just, um, spent some time with, um, uh, a, a woman by, um, uh, a woman by the name of Dorothy. And, um, she has a company called, uh, Sapo Cycle and they take soaps and they recycle those. So you'll have to tune in for that podcast. Um, but these are hotel soaps because they're all single use products. So I guess my question is, um, after my roundabout story about my holiday, <laughs> Evian, is, you know, had you thought about approaching some of these big play, you know, these big players with regard to, because your suite of products fit very nicely. Uh, I, although you don't have a um, shower cap yet. So <laughs> Reusable maybe that's cap. next. <laughs> 
<laughs> definitely. Yes, um, if people use them still. But um, I think that definitely there are some very interesting partnerships in, in general that we haven't touched upon yet. And I think that the hotel industry, and especially now when things hopefully are going to open up more um, steadily, I think that there are some really, really interesting things that we can do, especially with the whole like more value because I'd I would I would have I'd love to have the swap there but that it was a gift so you would take it home yes oh um, absolutely yeah 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 <laughs> so we don't have like a cleaning industry where they clean them and put it to the next guest <laughs> yeah no but um yeah so I think that there are some a lot of uh, really really nice especially with the our rounds which is such an easy thing and you could even do it with or without case and it could be part of the whole you know um Uh, your mini fridge kind of you know if you take something we just bill it on your bill or it, there are so many different exactly. options yeah. where you can kind of introduce it um, and I think that would be amazing and great yeah. and also a great way to kind of get the message out there because it is exactly the products that you will have um, laying on the counter um, and exciting uh, the business that you were talking about with the where they reuse or recycle all of the soaps because that is kind of you know you pack a soap out and then you use it one two days but you know it's it, yeah. it, it takes it's a discarded little, it's discarded yeah. yeah it's discarded and then of course when you burn it then uh, when it goes to an incinerator then it's it's releasing carbon so i mean it's it's a vicious cycle so um yeah yeah and they yeah. have so, a, and now you have like bar soap Uh, like shampoo bar soaps and yep, conditioner bar soaps and mm -hmm. yeah so so you'd be able to introduce that and not have all those little plastic bottles um yep that will end yeah up. i'm right behind that yeah that would be great so yes <laughs> so uh, i say go for it but yeah you've got a lot on your plate right now but and that's also that's pushing you you know you're a b2c a business to consumer um industry right now that would be a b2b a business to business kind of relationship but uh yeah but i love that idea um so um so we're almost at the end of our interview time together um so i'd like to ask you um oh, one last question is what advice would you give to our listeners and uh, that which are mostly women um, about um, you know if they had an idea that um, was you know sustainably responsible or some kind of idea and they don't know how to move forward like what kind of advice would you give to them um, and uh, motivation um, inspiration would you would you leave them with I would say um, get some really good partners I love like those two boys to death and Have, and I hope they don't listen to this podcast because they can't have they can't hear that. But it, they, it's it's really really amazing to have some amazing partners that you just you get excited every time you just wake up to go to work and to get this project running and 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 get some of these things um, off the shelves. And I think that uh, that's really really exciting. Working in something which is green, which is something that is so purposeful and and is. A sustainable driven company will make you I've done so many different things and this has just off the bat is the best thing I've ever been in because it's so purposeful and and you feel you don't feel like it's numbers it's really impact and uh, and that's an amazing um, way to spend your time and your energy and everything so um so I think uh, go for it and there are so many green initiatives right now that are getting so much um so much success because people it's now it's here people are really willing to to go that extra mile and wash your 
your Q-tip <laughs> and uh, and use it again. People are actually willing to do these things and washing your handkerchiefs and your like all of this. And I think that's amazing. Uh, there's such an amazing movement happening right now. So now is also really the time. Um, and then the last thing I would say, would, would, which is very concrete, and it's if it's a design thing or if it's service also, but Kickstarter is amazing. It really is a good way for you to not only get out there and, and get people to, to buy your things, but also it's a good platform to validate that what you're creating or what you're doing has a place in the market because I've done a lot of Kickstarters beforehand too and they were not successful and I'm so happy that I got that information so that I could close down on those projects and actually um, end up opening something like this. Hmm, interesting. So thank you. First, thank you for that um, that advice. I think it's really wonderful. And um, as I mentioned, um, Dorothy from Sapo Cycle, she actually said the same kind of thing about uh, you know you're not look you're looking at the at, at, at impact, not necessarily the value of. I mean, you're looking at the impact, and I think that that's sort of her driving force. And I think clearly that's that's your driving force also, um, which uh, you know, and I love the name of it being last object because seriously, I mean. I don't know how many times I clean my ears, but um, certainly, you know, a thousand times will take care of me probably for a long, long time. Um, so um, I, I actually am just occurred to me that our listeners might not know where they can buy it. So we're in Europe, but um, could you talk a little bit about, um, actually, I told you that that was the last question above, but actually this is the last question. <laughs> um, could you share with us um, where your products, where last object uh, products are available? Um, do you have global distribution and so forth yes we do have global distribution we can um, we ship from everywhere actually uh, from lastobject.com you can always buy our products there and we have very sustain we've sustainably created the whole uh, company so that um, we have distribution centers all around the world so that they're not uh, air shipped so it's a it's very sustainable and uh, and you can yeah from more or less everywhere uh, we have some distributions. France, so we also mentioned, um, is uh, we have some amazing distribution there. So that's why we're in so many stores, and also in the U.S. We just got into Anthropology and some exciting stores there. So it's a uh, yeah, we're we're slowly getting into that part of it. But uh, online is probably the easiest way to find yeah. us. Great. Oh, wow. And anthropology for our listeners who might not be familiar with the U.S. market, anthropology is a it's like a homeware and a fashion and kind of, yeah, really kind of quirky and wonderful kind of clothes and quite a, I, I wouldn't say yeah, hipster cool. It's a really, and it's a chain and it's, um, um, they work with great designers. They have great products there. So, um, and a few books also, I mean, I haven't been there in a couple of years, obviously with COVID. So I've been back to the U S but wow, that's wonderful. That's great. And they've got stores all over the U S so wonderful. Wonderful. Well, I, um, I would, you know, really want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing your professional, your academic uh, journey, your professional journey, and certainly um, uh, Last Object. Um, it's been really a wonderful learning experience for me. Um, and I'm sure for our listeners who I'm hoping will now be more enc uh, encouraged to be more responsible consumers um, and look out for last object um, items um, on their shelves coming to you soon in anthropology. <laughs> so, <laughs> so thank you so much for making the time, Isabel. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me. It was wonderful.
with great pleasure. So, and as always, I'd like to thank our listeners for tuning into the Women 17 podcast, Conversations with Global Women Changing the World, One Sustainable Development Goal at a Time. We welcome your feedback from today's podcast and wish you a happy, safe, and productive day.